girls can wear jeans and cut their hair short, wear shirts and boots. Is it okay to be a boy? But for a boy to look like a girl is degrading. Because you think that being a girl is degrading. This is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album 10. Track 8. What It Feels Like for a Girl. were sweet as candy. Really? Around this time, I, I, I did say that. Were you quoting the song? I was. A- I was using the song <laughs> to get tail. It, I'm not proud of it. It's very patriarchal. And was he like, oh, I know what you are referencing? He goes, no. You know what he said? Right. Uh, uh, this is all serious. And he says, do you want another taste? Oh. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So that's just leading me to say this one thing that's kind of hilarious and gross is that I hooked up with this guy. This was a while ago and um, we were having sex and in the middle of it, he goes rock hard in a funky place. (laughs) (laughs) What? And I was like, are you quoting Prince from the Black Album? Like we're in the middle of like, it's just a, a rando. Like, like he didn't not, say anything else. He just like burst out with that he, statement. We were like fucking and he's like, rock hard in a funky place. Oh God. And I was like, are you quoting the Prince Black Album? And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay. Okay. I was like, got out of there quick after yeah. that. It's just Live lot, your best life, baby. <laughs> I just sort of lost my verve then. Your verve? <laughs> Is that what we're calling it today? <laughs> uh, what it feels like for a girl. A beautiful song. Be- gorgeous, gorgeous song yeah. uh, written with Guy Sigsworth. And um, it, it was a uh, one of two sketches he sent Madonna uh, to consider. Um, and she had heard, obviously, he he's Guy Sigsworth is a uh, record British record producer and had worked uh, with Bjork and worked with um, Fra- a Frau Frau? Fru Fru? I think it's Fru Fru. Fru Fru. What was the song he did with Fru Fru? Let Go. Well, uh, he did, he did, he was Fru Fru. He was Fru Fru. And yes. one of their big songs was Let Go. Which I, I just think is a gorgeous song. Excuse me, too busy or writing your 
Yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. And um, and also went on to where after this, he worked with um, uh, Bjork on Vespertine and then also on Alanis Morissette's album, Flavors of Entanglement, mm. uh, in about 2005. And he and he also he, worked with Britney. He he produced and um, co-wrote Every Time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, I love that song by yeah. Britney. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. He's right. He's got an interesting. Um, he's a wonderful musician, and he his kind of specialty is he he works on plaintive ballads and brings kind of a dance component to them. And mm. you can tell that really well with this song. It 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 does. It it's it's um, mid tempo, but it it feels akin to the rest of the album for sure. Though it is also um singular like yeah it, it fits it fits into the album but it's not like anything else uh, well which pretty much every song in this album is. exactly and um the thing that madonna glommed onto on this song was the um the the charlotte ginsburg uh quote from gainsburg gainsburg i'm sorry yeah. charlotte gainsburg from the cement gardens quote at the top of the of the track and she used kind of used that to kind of spin out and write the song yeah which brings which has this you know question of like you know secretly everybody wants to know what it feels like to be a girl totally totally they're, they're powerful and beautiful and and they create life we don't create life we do everything we can to destroy it but um what i love about this song is is there's it it's so much about is the word feels and mm. um it's such a feminine song and it's such a soft song there's almost like a glycerin on the on the the track yeah well i think that that connects to you know the big idea of the song which is you know what it feels like to be a girl is to have what madonna's saying is to have all these strong feelings and ideas and want to voice them or not even know that you can voice them yeah but if you do know you want to voice them that you know you have to sort of soften it yeah and that the song too which i believe has this um rage to it yeah about like this is how hard it is to sort of my constantly be yeah, editing like, yourself. Yes, yeah, yeah. The song mirrors that in its form by being like soft and beautiful. Yeah. When in fact, underneath, it's really trying. It's saying something really strong and tough. Yeah. You know about like how this feels and how that is infuriating. Well, you know? and 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 how less about because so much about patriarchy and what is happening in our culture is about actions. It's not about the aftermath of those actions. So, this song is less about Madonna making the decision to soften her image or to try a different course to get what she wants done, but about how it makes her feel after the fact. And I think that there's a there's also kind of a question, and I think this is informed by her having a daughter and and she's growing up already, and you know she's having another child soon as well. And like, what world is she going to leave them? Is it better to toe the line and do do that? to get what you want done and accomplished and not alienate people or is it better to shatter the stereotype because what are you leaving for your daughter to do is she gonna have to yeah. do the same thing well yeah and i mean madonna's um had to 
sort of have this question all through her career and made different choices up to this point yeah. as well about how she would do that, you know. And have had to, and has had very different uh, results sometimes because of the choice she makes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I, I want to talk a little bit about the 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 kind of the way that the song builds because it's yeah. it's a song. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful song, but it doesn't have the same kind of pop hooks, right? That she usually relies on to. I think the message of this song is what's important to her yeah i mean i agree to like it doesn't have like a a chorus as big as you know music yeah right this was the third single from yeah, the album it was and um but it does it does have a chorus it's just not a chorus that's like um you know everybody's gonna want to sing up for various reasons yeah, you know what i mean yeah um and it's it's softer in that choice but there still is like there are still verses and bridge and there's a course. So in those ways it's very, you know, traditional, but it's not as bombastic, right? It's, it's sort of quieter in its delivery. Well, and I knew, cause I remember when I, I, I saw this song, I was listening to the song for the first time and I was kind of, like, Oh, this is interesting. And I kind of can't, I don't know what the melody is. And then, it got to the moment when she's just doing the do you know yeah and just sings that over and over again and i i i remember crying because the song had kind of snuck up behind me yeah. and it had so affected me and it wasn't until those kind of, those were the moments i was like oh this is anthemic yeah it just lifted without me even seeing it was doing it well yeah i think that you know um this song really centers her vocals it yeah. um the vocals have very little adornment on them really clean some you know and which we've been hearing more and more on this album as it's gone along her voice has gotten clearer and clearer and the music really supports it and sort of elevates the melody so we're really listening to her create this build through the song yeah. of like how and that's what i mean too like that there's this moment where it feels like she wants to let out a scream you know yeah and she doesn't That's what yes, makes it so yes. interesting because it's not, it, she hasn't figured out the answer. Yeah. And I think that that's what's so great about it. It kind of goes back to what we've talked about before about Madonna's asking questions without yeah. knowing the answer. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, first there's, you know, like, um, it's not really a question. Well, it is in this song, but like when you open up your mouth to speak, could you be a little weak? Oh. You know? And to me, that's like, there, it's her vocal there is so there's so much anger and frustration and like also like can you feel that yeah you know that like uh, that empathy of like or trying to create empathy of like ooh, if you were in my shoes can you imagine what that feels like do you not think that i have all the strings same strong emotions and feelings about things that you do 
mm. you know, yeah. um, which I think is really, really, it, it comes through in the way that the song is created, you know, and the, and the sound of it. I agree that that end where she's just asking the question and we also hear that in this world, and and girl. that and that kind of the, the it's almost like a musical bird floating. Yeah. I, I yeah. it's just so beautiful and and you know and and I love the quote at the beginning from the Cement Garden of Film that I could never sit through the whole thing <laughs> of I'm sorry. Um but I love this idea of like everyone is so fascinated by women. Mm-hmm. And yet nobody nobody um nobody's feel like like it's interesting this the, you know there, there's a, there's kind of a reference to putting on girls' clothes and and men's clothes and and a kind of drag component to it and and to to this day, I mean, you know, you look at drag in America today and it's so embraced, quote unquote, by the mainstream culture, and and has had so much success with like Project Runway and all of those sh- um, uh, drag, drag race, race and all yeah. of the. I don't watch it. I'm sorry. <sighs> drag race and there's so many seasons. Um, <laughs> Just but start with the last all stars. But everybody, but everybody, um, still sees it as like a a a, a less than male. Like absolutely, it, it's always oh, but they're not a real man or well, they're not. Yeah, a- you know when I um I, I I as you know I have gotten very 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 into Drag Race this yeah. summer for the first summer and I've watched like a million seasons and I am like obsessed obsessed and i've suddenly i i don't know why i haven't keyed into this before because i truly believe that drag is like the greatest american art form i believe it is better than the american musical um and or and and drag isn't even originally an american art form but the way that we've we've taken it and and what's become of it and i find it to be political and exciting and um just beautiful like true beauty and what over the summer when we were on vacation with my family we had a dinner with another family my dad is you know uh well he's a father he's in his 70s and this other guy at the dinner was in his uh early 70s and uh they were like um you know I was like, oh, you should watch Trixie and Katia. Are you yeah, this? Yeah. And they were like, absolutely not. Yeah. Like it was like, it was a line that they would not cross. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what are you, you know, and the I was the older men in my family are the same way. Like that, they, they, they're just, they don't understand. They have no interest in it at all. I'm like, and even I, who, who don't really watch it, I know who the, you know, and yeah. I, and I'm so inspired by the strength and the humanity and the, and the, 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 the humor of these artists and collect and and it's rare that you get a bunch of them a bunch of artists together like riffing off of each other like that yeah i mean i look i think i think i mean first to talk about drag is interesting because we're still talking about men embodying women exactly but i yeah. think even the idea that like there's something about the female that's scary to men to see how close they are yeah that how you know how we could you know that we're not that different and yet we are very different of course you know um i you know so i think there's just something interesting there about that fear um and how that plays into how men relate to women and and their proximity to it there's a mystery about being a woman to a man and i think that drag allows men to get as close as you you could probably get and and also if they go into the world are treated more like women uh-huh then 
Yeah. Well, you know what I think, Mark? I think that we should um, give our mics to some female friends for a little bit and let them talk. And let's hear, I mean, let's let's give the episode up for a little bit and, and hear some other voices in this. Totally. Take it away, ladies. Hi, guys. This is Gia from Jersey City, New Jersey. And I am delighted to talk about what it feels like for a girl, um, which is like more than just my favorite Madonna song, but really kind of like a little poem uh, in my book of life, if you will. I was about 12 years old when I first heard the song, heard the album music. And while I was obsessed with Ray of Light and the iconography of it, and I was just kind of like watching MTV at that time and really, you know, um, getting into Madonna and understanding her outside of just like the things my mom had showed me, but really building my own relationship with Madonna during Ray of Light. For me, music was really this deeper understanding. And I think for me, the beauty of that time period was feeling like I was coming into some woman womanhood, um, just like maturing like on that cusp of 12, 13. Um, and at the same time, Madonna had this female anthem that actually was quite a reminder that, um, you know, there's so much power and mystery and ownership and incredible beauty about being a woman and people are going to want to stomp on you and, and, and really have that be one of the, the challenges of your life. And that, that dichotomy of like my own excitement about becoming a teenager and the harsh reality being told to me from Madonna, beautiful. Also, um, I remember seeing the video, even though it was banned, I somehow saw it before it was banned or maybe there was like MTV late night. Um, I wasn't super tech savvy, so I saw it on a TV and I thought it was fabulous. And it reminded me of me and my grandmother. We would absolutely go like on a spree like that, totally. Love you guys. Pleasure to do this. Love the pod. Hi, guys. My name is Jennifer and I'm from Australia and I've been a dedicated Madonna fan for the full 40 years. Australians have had huge exposure to Madonna in the early years via Molly Meldrum and his show Countdown. And also Madonna's videos were all on very high rotation on Australia's all-night music video program Rage all through the 80s and 90s. So I was around 26, 27 when the music album was released. And of course, it became very firmly in my top five Madonna releases of all time, purely for the electronic dance club production. Um, and it's also my favorite remix era, Impressive Instant, Don't Tell Me, Music, and of course, What It Feels Like for a Girl, the Above and Beyond remix. I thought Guy Rick's, Ritchie's interpretation of the song on the video really added weight to the feel of the track, capturing all that internal rage of what it feels like for a girl. Uh, there's a great quote from the authors of Madonna's Drowned World book. She turned the violence back onto men, and Madonna inverted the traditional roles between men and women. I mean, I don't know anything about that, but I do know, of course, that what it feels like for a girl lit up the critics who found issue with the concept and the depictions of violence that was ca characterised on the screen. I think Madonna really delivered on this and it speaks to every woman who's had to go into a dark car park at night with her keys firmly in her hands or had to go small when all we ever wanted to do was to go big. Love the pod, guys. Love your dulcet tones. You've got me through many a commute home. Okay, thanks.
Hey guys, love your hilarious, insightful podcast. So flattered to be included. This is Amy, originally from New Hampshire, lifelong Madonna fan and proud defender since 1983. When What It Feels Like for a Girl came out, I was 25, married, and living in Connecticut. That sounds so waspy. I saw Madonna live for the first time that summer at Madison Square Garden on my 26th birthday. It absolutely blew my mind. Her Spanish gender-bending performance of What It Feels Like for a Girl was fantastic. What It Feels Like for a Girl is an above-average Madonna song. I'll never skip it. I think it's aged well, especially with the Me Too movement and rage women still feel inside, doing all the things and still coming up short. Madonna loves irony and longs to be a comedian, and many parts of the video hit the mark with the dark humor like the water pistols and overpaying the waitress. I'm in my 40s now, and when I pick my mom up at her much nicer assisted living facility, she always wants to go out for a burger. (laughs) But the fast remix took away from Madonna's sweet vocals and tone of the original. And if Madonna's driving, I much prefer Deeper and Deeper or Burning Up. Hello, my name is Charlotte Salmon and I'm from Sussex. Yes, Mark, Sussex in England. So, what it feels like for a girl. Wow, one of my most favourite Madonna tracks. It still makes me emotional to listen to this song. It's so heartfelt, real and deep-rooted. I get goosebumps every time I hear it. The lyrics touch me all the time and every time. And... As per normal, Madonna was ahead of her game here, wasn't she? This was before the Me Too movement and before gender fluidity became a real conversation around the dinner table. I have a seven-year-old daughter and I play this song in the car and sometimes I hear her singing along to the chorus and I know I must be doing a good job. The groove makes me sway when listening and at the age of 47, that's never a bad thing. Oh, and the video, one of her best looks ever, Clean lines, straight hair, perfect makeup, combined with a boiler suit. Amazing. Girl power personified. So what does it feel like for a girl? Well, turn on the music album, turn to track eight, and you will find your answer. So... Um, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Better than we could have done. I mean, we should just call it an episode ending now, except there are a few more things we need to talk about with this. Well, song. let's talk about that video. I know you're <laughs> you're gearing up for the Richie Madonna collaborations, and here <sighs> we go. They have they have they begin with what it feels like for a girl, which was the song on Madonna's record that Guy Ritchie resonated it resonated with him the most, which was why he wanted to direct the video. And when I heard that, I was like, Okay, interesting. Wow. Wow, he's really into her softer, more vulnerable side. And then when I saw the video, I was like, <laughs> Guy Ritchie is out to destroy Madonna. Oh. I was so furious about this video when it came out. Yeah. I was furious that they didn't use the original song because I was like, this song, you know, music was number one. Don't Tell Me was a huge international hit, a lasting hit for all time. And I was like, what it feels like for a girl could be the crown of the, the jewel of this album it's so beautiful it's going to cross over to adult contemporary it's going to be you know and i was like i was ready for it and then this video comes out and it's like the complete 
opposite yeah. of all of those things. And I, at the time, was like, I don't understand. Why would she betray this song? Why would she let this happen? Why would she do this remix version of the song that's really aggressive? The above why, and beyond mix. Yeah. Yes, which we'll yeah. talk about, right? Yeah. And and why is it so violent? And I didn't understand it. And yet I think, you know, listening to our friends who just talked to, I think like that there's something, you know, that this song, the what she did with this was uncover the subtext of the song and put it on the top dead center in the thing and i and what what i love you know because i remember also uh um this was a time when the reaction to the video precluded the video i didn't see the video until after everyone had freaked out about the violence mtv wasn't playing it till after nine o'clock it became and then i then i watched the video i'm like that's it like Oh, this is so, so what what about a bunch of hullabaloo for this video? Yeah. Um but you know, Madonna plays kind of like a spy. Is she a spy? No, she's like she's a She's a car mechanic. <laughs> Loudon. <laughs> she's a car. Ma- she schedules the oil changes at the garage. No, no, no. And she's she's like, you know what? I want to unionize, and I've had it. <laughs> she's not that well. The, no. but she is in like a car mechanic outfit. Yes, she's, she's in, in that, like a jumpsuit. Yeah, she like has a, a very jumpsuit. very severe haircut. Yeah, which we haven't seen before, and it's super super blonde. She's got some bruises. She's got some bruises. She's but she's a woman on the run. Yeah, she's staying in a motel. She's staying in room six six nine, which is actually six six six, right? And we don't really know where she's coming from. We well, we find out where she's going. Well, we oh yeah, we know but, exactly where she's going. But my theory is, Mark, that this is Madame X. Oh, I think it's Madame X's first appearance, though. And it's Madame X, obviously pre eye patch. But this is sort of how she gets the eye patch. This may not be exactly how she gets the eye when patch when she when she drives into the pole at the end of the video. <laughs> the some, yeah. Something shoots well, through her eye. It could have been then, but she's definitely living a rough and tumble life. Yes. And she's not... She, With no apologies. No. And no the apologies. bruises are there because she's living rough. She's yeah. living tough. She's, you know, and she's pushing all societal norms. She goes yeah. and picks up who could be her grandmother um, at a retirement home. But see, now I'm thinking it's like a, a race car driver that's retired that they won't let drive anymore. This is my new theory. So, so first I thought it was her baby, her childhood babysitter, who yeah. she's like a family friend that she's still going to see. Because uh-huh. um, wouldn't another family member be with her to pick up grandma for like lunch? Not necessarily. Okay. And then now I'm thinking she's like a former like, you know, like race car driver. The older woman. Yes. Oh. Like a, a pioneering woman of the, of the wheel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would explain why Madonna's in that outfit. Like, maybe she's like, you know, it's an homage to her. Yeah, I think Madonna plays a woman named Pamela. No, Madonna's Madame X. Uh, but her name, and before she becomes Madame X, she's Pamela. <laughs> okay, so, so Pamela. So Pamela picks up picks up um, Ingrid. Let's Ingrid? call her. Yeah, let's no, call her no, Ingrid. No, Ingrid is reserved for Ingrid. <laughs> okay. Pamela picks up uh, Louise. Louise. No. No. Oh, no, yes. Yes, that's oh. who she's named after. Oh, my God. Oh. She's her namesake. She's Pamela Louise. She, no, she's Pamela Louise, and she's she's who Madonna's named oh, after. God. This Louise. Uh, we, we have gone off the tracks. Okay, so so Pamela <laughs> picks up Louise, and she's taking her on a joyride because this is what I mean. We see Louise. Or, no, we see 
we see, yeah, we see Louise in the retirement home watching like a car race on TV, and she like grabs the end of the the chair, like she she wants to be. She's there. mad too. She represents all those women of the previous generation, yes, yes, who were told that they should have all the all of these things, but weren't given the tools to get them. Totally. Yep. And so they're going on this joyride, and they're gonna go fuck things up. They are. They're done. Yeah. They've had they've, it. They are fucking done. Yes. They're going to give the money to the waitress. They're throwing her cash. They're they're electroshocking somebody at the ATM to take more cash. They're destroying cars. They're blowing up gas stations. They're accosting cops. Yep. They're winking. Know, yes. I love that scene where Madonna and the old woman drive by the cops who are like agog and Madonna's <laughs> looking at them like, like up Don't at stop them me. and she's just like, yeah, I dare you motherfuckers. Do you even know what's happening? And they take, <laughs> she takes out the gun and they're still just looking at her like, what the fuck are you doing? And they, when she sprays water at them, that's when they get furious and she's like, like, I'm out of here, motherfuckers. I'm she, I'm Pamela. She Pamela backs up. They get their um air airbags thrown in their face, and she's out. She's free. And then she takes steals a car, right? And they blow they blow the car up. Yeah. I mean, they bang into they destroy it. And that's kind of how it ends. It's like a Thelma and Louise. Like there yeah. was no other choice. Well, and I also I you know Fight Club had come out the year before, yes. and it has that kind of like comic book violence. Like yeah. we're gonna beat each other to pulp, but we're gonna like survive it. Totally. And I think that that's also, and I think, you know. Well, I don't know that they survive. I mean. No, we, we, no, I'm talking about in Fight Club. Oh, yeah. No, we don't know what happened. It's a cliffhanger ending. Is it though? I mean, I feel like they're dead in the video. I don't think Louise is dead. I think Pamela, and Pamela lives on to be Madame X. Well, yeah, but we don't. We, we don't, don't know. know. We, don't, we know. don't know. Um what I loved about this vi- the video and I think what's interesting about it is I do think that Guy Ritchie is looking to put his stamp on the Madonna narrative because he's now with Madonna and he's like an alpha man. I mean, you see yeah. photos of them and he's got his arm around her waist pulling her to the next thing. Totally. I mean, he, the body language is very much like I'm in charge. And I think she likes that. I mean, I think she really likes it. And well, I think and and, and yeah. it, it forces her to kind of push herself out of her boundaries and this is a very funny video. Yes. In in the in the context of what we're looking at. It's also very guy I mean, it is like she yeah. stepped into the world of his films, you know, Lock, Sock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch are both very much in this vocabulary. Yeah. And so she's also like, because there are no women in those movies. No. You know, no. and so in a way, it's also like, why can't I be in your fucking movie? Exactly, you know? um, exactly. And then you know, we take this to the ne- that question comes up again, and it's not in as- a disastrous way. <laughs> we'll no. talk about that another time. Though she pre- she previews that bitchy mean woman. Yes, yes. The in another year. collaboration. So this single comes out, and the video comes out in spring of two thousand, right? 2001. So this video comes out and the single comes out, the third single, spring of 2001. Yes. It's actually a really long time between the Don't Tell Me single, which came out in November. Yeah. And this comes out in like April or May. Like it's late. It's long. Um, and then like a couple months later, um, this uh, film series or short film series comes out online. It's a very radical idea at the yeah. time, right? Yeah. 
of commercials. They're commercials for BMW and there's like seven or eight of them. And they're all called, you know, they're all for uh, starring uh, Clive Owen as yeah. a character called the driver. Right? Yeah. And he's driving these BMWs around and different directors direct each one. Guy Ritchie directs one. And he, um, his leading lady is Madonna playing in the, the short film is called star. Yes. And she plays Pamela, the gas station <laughs> attendant. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's like, Hey, <laughs> no, she's like, let me look under the hood. Yeah. Let me, let me look under the hood. Your, your, your appointment was until 1030. I'd wait around the block. <laughs> <laughs> so no, she plays a star. She plays a, a, a an elevated version of Madonna. I mean, not that elevated, like when they talk, you know, Clive Owen introduces her and it's like, The first thing you notice physically about this lady is her eyes. Bright blue eyes. It's rare to actually see those eyes because they're usually covered up, but when you do, it's worth it. The next thing you notice is her hands. Strong, powerful, yet feminine hands. But the real heart stopper that this woman has in her galaxy of talents is her voice. Her billion dollar voice. <coughs> She's a legend in her lifetime. She's achieved giddy heights few have equaled. She's unrivaled in her world. And so she has to get in this car to go to the venue. Yeah. And they have some back and forth, her and Clive Owen. Take me to the venue. I'm sorry, I'm booked for someone else. Yeah, right. Just take me to the venue. What venue? I am gracing this armpit of a town for one night. If you also think I'm going to know the name of the venue in El Armpito, you're sadly mistaken. You are the driver. You are supposed to know. We're going to the palace. We? Listen, my bone from the neck up, driver friend. I suggest you put your foot down and next time do your homework. Okay, fine. What do you think you're doing? I'm coming with you, ma'am. Then get on the roof and hold on tight. Out! Out! Follow behind. Good idea, tough guy. But it turns out that the manager, her manager, who can't stand her, tells driver, the driver, like, give her a ride she won't forget. Like, fuck her up. And what, where, what other car will give you a ride you can't forget but BMW? Hey, BMW, we're giving you... Um, we love you, BMW. Um, have any of you thought about buying a BMW? I no. love BMWs. <laughs> I love what you can do in a BMW. I love getting in and out of a BMW. Can you imagine a BMW... Um, um, endorsed this podcast like that was our first sponsor we're waiting bmw <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll read the ads I actually do love bmws i, I mean, do too what's wrong with I, that. I i find them very very um and this is a great series and they they do bring this series back like in 2014 or 2015 yeah. they do a whole other version of it but anyway she gets in the car and like the rest of the movie is just madonna being thrown <laughs> all around this car it is hilarious and 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 fun and yes. she, she's just having so much fun poking at her she doesn't take herself seriously and you know i think it's a great time for her because she's like i'm doing something with my husband he's enjoying it we're both getting paid let's do it 
Yeah. Yeah. It's great fun. Great um fun. so the this the single obviously had a ton of remixes by yeah. all kinds of stars, including Paul Oakenfeld and Fold and uh Tracy Young and all these different people. But the one that lasts is the above and beyond yeah, mix. Which is the one that's used in the video. There's a really great story I read in uh, Billboard. They go through like four of the remixes, um, four remixes, and one Tracy Young talks and Shep Bettybone talks, yeah. and then uh, Above and Beyond, the guy who's Above and Beyond talks about how this remix came to be, and it turns out that he was like working at Warner Brothers in marketing. He yeah. wasn't even in like he and he was starting to make music or remix, and he went into Carice Henry's office one day and said. Hey, um, I want to do a remix for Madonna on the new album, and she's like, "Great, well, we're putting, you know, we're we're considering remixes for music right now." And he's yeah. like, "No, no, no, I want to do what it feels like for a girl." She said, "All right, look, um, I don't know who you are from Adam, so like as far as a music, you know, music goes, so um, we'll pay you this amount if we like it, and if we don't like it, we'll never speak of this again." Yeah. So he went off and like spent like two or three weeks like working day and night on this remix and like re and just took the vocals and then transforms it it's a completely different vibe song yeah amazing and then he sent it to her via email i think which he was like i was a little risky because there were just been all those leaks and she emailed back and was like this is the greatest remix i love it and sent it to madonna who also really liked it though he never spoke to madonna directly yeah until Chris said, hey, Madonna's going to call you at this time on at like nine o'clock on one night. So she called and didn't say like, oh, I love the song or whatever. Just gave him notes, like mm-hmm. some notes to fix the, you know, that she wanted fixed. So he did that. And then like a couple months later or something, he was at like an award ceremony, the Brit Awards, and she he gets a call and it's Madonna. And she's like, I have some more notes for you and you need to do these right away. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so he gave she gave him some notes. He's like, I'm at the award. She's like, go home and finish this and he didn't even know she wasn't she didn't tell him or explain that she was planning to use that version in the yeah. video but that he was sculpting it to work for the video for the video yeah it's pretty cool yeah but I, also weird you know like well well but again like i i think that she she's very when people are interpreting her stuff she wants to stay out of their way and let yeah. them do their thing in this way that i think she would expect if the roles were reversed like except let me just when she do has it. notes 
Well, she has notes because she's on a timeline now to get the video out. Right. I mean, it's kind of thrilling. Yeah. Um, she only did this live on the on the Drowned World tour, and I think the mixed reception to the video and the single, and also the the idea that uh, I mean, we we talked about you talked about um the brick the Brixton uh promo yeah she sang it there but it's it was kind of that was the only time she ever did it in its norm in its correct. original way correct yeah. and she did it in a spanish version yeah which is beautifully tour. danced in the tour but it it doesn't have the the kind of um it's not a centerpiece song it's but kind it's just, of done yeah but it will i feel like that song does open a whole section of this of the of the show which yeah. goes into like lies la bonita and it is like the, the home stretch the section. spanish or latin section of yeah the, of the tour but i think it was interesting that she chose to do that song in spanish yeah. on tour and i thought that was also like another code of like you know message about um we're speaking in code or there's something here that, you know, um, not everybody can understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was kind of, um, online on, on, on brand with the song and the idea, the message of the song. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's just beautiful. Baby, piel de miel, dulce silenciosa. Se parece confundida, su pasión está escondida. Nunca sabes lo que va a decir cuando empieza a sonreír. Um, there are, there are some, you know, there, uh, it's been covered a fair amount of times. Yeah. There's two that I want to point to. Okay. Um, I know <laughs> one of them, but I don't know the other one. Well, one is from the recent album that just came out, the Italians do yes. it better. Oh my gosh. So Italians do it better is this amazing synth pop. I think it was for her aunt, her birthday or one of the birthdays or the anniversary. Nice. And, um, and it was to celebrate Madonna and, and, um, and it's huge. It's like 36 tracks or something. Um, I don't think it's that big. Yeah. It's big. No, it's, it's not. It's pretty big. It's there's like maybe 15 songs. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I, my version has almost 30 anyway so tell me about the song no all i'm saying is that's one to listen to. i mean i think it's just a beautiful version and it's by uh pink gloves and anna vavakorva who yeah. i don't know who they are but well and they and they sing it kind of like straight yeah they, which i well, thought was really interesting they bring a lot of like 80s 90s flair to yeah. it and um and they switch there's a male vocal and a female vocal Heard that's not soon. 
people, which brings me to the other cover. Um, oh God, which um, is from the TV show Glee. Oh yeah. Was it was it an episode where they did Madonna? Yeah, they had like a whole Madonna episode, and this was on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. That's actually a deep cut for that. It is. Yeah. But I guess it was theme. Look, I didn't watch Glee. Did you? No. Yeah, I, I think I, I had more important things to do than like watch was, a television program. I was I had aged out of it yeah. by this point. I just never connected. I think you know. It's, I know more about their dark history since the show. Oh my god, well, so, so much, much trouble and well, drama and darkness. Yeah, so they do they do what it feels like for a girl. I watched a little clip of it on online and it's like the teacher who's played by Broadway's Matt Morrison Matt Morrison yeah. brings it in um and the all the guys are singing it yeah oh and, okay yeah and so they're sitting around the piano but there's a full band by the way playing in the background um and they're they're singing all the parts but then they stop in the middle and one of the guys is like well you know what I'm just gonna play the clip because it's really funny um or interesting to listen to girls can wear jeans and cut their hair short. Wear shirts and boots, cause it's okay to be a boy. But for a boy to look like a girl is degrading. Cause you think that being a girl is degrading. Secretly, you'd love to know what it's like, wouldn't you? What it feels like for a girl. I like being a dude. That's because it's easy to be a dude. Uh, Mr. Shu, I think we're gonna need a new baritone because Finn would like to become Finn Nessa. Wait, hold on, hold on, Puck. Finn has a point. I mean, haven't you noticed how low morale has been around here lately? I have. I think the way I was objectifying Tina may have sent her over the edge. Hey, girl. My eyes are up here. I am a person with feelings. Get out of my grill. I am a powerful woman, and my growing feminism will cut you in half like a righteous blade of equality. We've been treating the girls like crap. Not caring about their feelings, not listening, objectifying, that's the right word, right, Mr. Right. Objectifying. As an honorary girl, I have to agree. This team shouldn't work, but it does because we respect each other's talent. And if we want to take it to the next level, we have to start respecting each other as individuals. Really see each other. Why were you singing with us, Mr. Shu? Because apparently, I need to learn that lesson. Fine, but I'm not singing this song. We don't have to. We just have to make it right with the girls. Show them we get how it feels.
We just got to make it right with the girls, Mark. I just, I guess I had to learn it too, Kenny. I have to sing it too. Oh my God. <laughs> they that... all sound the same. Nobody has a unique voice. I mean, Chris <laughs> Colfer has a unique Chris voice. Chris Colfer, but nobody else. They all sound exactly the same. They're just guys. Yeah. I don't understand this song. <laughs> Why do we have to sing it? Vanessa. That's oh not very 2022. God. So bad. Oh my so God. Bad. Oh my God. But you know. But I like I like the sentiment behind it. I get what so? they're trying to say. Which is um that they have to respect and treat everybody equally. And like Chris Colfer says, it's when we respect everybody's differences that we all do better. As an honorary girl. As an honorary girl. <laughs> I mean uh, can you imagine the table reads at that show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine when they get the table reads? I mean, uh, you know. The script gets passed around and like, let's open it and see what's happening this week at Glee. Oh this just makes me think like, this is probably going to happen, but maybe we should jump on it first. Is You know how like, um, Ryan Murphy always does these like behind the scenes kind of shows yeah. where it's like the making of the the Joan Crawford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feud. Should, they're fe they're called feud. feud. Yeah. There yeah. should be one about eventually there will be about the making of Glee. I'm not so sure. I'm not so, first of all, so many of them won't come back and do, like there would never be a reunion of Glee because right. so many people are dead or incarcerated or right. all these things. And no, number two, uh, like I don't know. I know, but it is a cursed show. It could it's be a, a cursed like, show an American I horror story Glee. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the season with Zachary Quinto as oh. Ryan Murphy. Oh yeah! Oh, that's actually perfect because he's you know he's yeah. and Sarah Paulson as Jane Lynch playing <laughs> Sue Sylvester. Oh my God! Well, but you know, like like it remind you know what it would have been? It would have been a great E True Hollywood story. That yeah, would have I'm been. I'm surprised the, there's not one. Uh, there may be one. Yeah, but it it that is like the ripest of that's the other thing is it's like and I worry about this when we talk about memoirs and stuff everything happens live and as it happens and everybody knows about everything going on what's left to discover mm. do you know what I mean I do except everything that we see online is is curated except for the web except for the new app be real <laughs> Have you done Be Real? Um, I have done Be Real. Not myself, but I've been in several yeah, Be Reals with other people, including my sweet goddaughter. Right, who, it's the um, young people. Yes, who yeah. who I play. So I did play this song for her because she didn't know. Uh -huh. My my goddaughter's 29 years old um, and oh, she's, she's not, not really young. into Madonna oh, okay. and doesn't know much about her. I mean, I think she knows like, you know, into the groove or something. Yeah. So um, I played this for her while I was visiting her and she was like, wow, that song's so pretty. <laughs> that was it. That's all she had to say. Well, she may have needed to listen to it in private to have Maybe. a moment with it or Maybe. not with a male identifying human. Yeah. In, in, in imparting his perspective on it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to sing this song. <laughs> Do they wind up singing the song? I don't know. Uh, I thought it was, you know, surprising that they could get, there was sort of the time where more Madonna stuff was coming into like other people could yeah. do that songs. Yeah. But I wondered if Ryan Murphy picked the phone and was like, Madonna, do you remember how I um, helped Rupert um, uh, rewrite the next best thing? And she's like, yeah. 
I want these. Well, no, I mean, but but a lot of musicians had had let them use. They had done already a yeah, bunch of. Yeah, so totally. It wasn't like. No, you know, it was more no, prestige thing. Yeah, it was yeah, a prestige, yeah. and everybody yeah. was talking about it. And people's sales. I mean, like, yeah. I know when they did their Fleetwood Mac episode, like, rumors shot to number one again all those years later. So it was right. a lucrative agreement, too. But still, very interesting track to choose to do. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And an interesting track um, to have in the canon. Yeah. I, 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 I would love to hear her do this song. Now. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I wonder, I wonder now, uh, cause so much about her current life is about smashing taboos and, and continuing to do her own thing. I'm hoping she, she feels like it was worth it. It's still worth it to do that. Yeah. Um, even when she's not getting all the kudos that maybe she deserves for it, yeah. which is always tricky anyway. You don't really get them until after. It's all said and done. Look, I, I, this may be something, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like we're moving into a Madonna, a new Madonna golden age. Oh. And I think she's going to get all the things. I hope so. I believe she will. I hope so. Maybe maybe the boys from Glee will reunite to sing what it feels like for a girl at her Kennedy Center honors. Well, one of them's in jail and one of them's dead. And one of them's canceled. So probably not. Wah, wah. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. what it feels like to be a girl right I'm lying come on all I have is lyrics in my head that's the thing like there's nothing that I can say that's more profound than probably what she said in that song and it's more just like okay we get it what do you want us to do with this Madonna what do you want to do with it Amy (laughs) I'm like she sings it. She's going through it. You're going through it. You're saying how she's dealing with it through lyrics and music. Right. What are you doing? Listening to Mason snore. Oh, I, I'm like, I know. Sorry, our friends in the background drunk snoring. But it's, I mean, Madonna has had a profound effect on every milestone of your life. Yes or no? Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm just being very like laser focused on what it feels like for a girl. When this song Uh came out, in the time of my life when it came out, it was in one of the best years of my life. And that's what you need to remember. This is what it meant to me at my time of life. Right. I was, you know, peak, young, quarter century old. I had tickets. I for my first Madonna concert in my twenties, I was like, on that. my I'm birthday at Madison in. Square Garden. Absolutely. I mean, it was like, how could that have not stars not aligned that it right. was my biggest day with my most uh, favorite artist of all time that I've been listening to since I was seven years old. Is it the song at a concert you want to hear? No. No. Is it the song at a concert that you know Madonna fan, fi- fans will understand? 
Absolutely. There's and they're the yes. ones that know. There are certain songs, it's even like when she did the Rebel Heart Tour. Yeah. And you and I were in Miami, and it's called the fucking Rebel Heart Tour. Right. And people did not know that song. That was my favorite so song. So irritating. That was we played it, it getting ready for the concert cool. over and over again, I remember. I mean, Double Whiskey and Rebel Heart. <laughs> Those were the two songs that we played out on our ass. But why would you not? I'm... I don't know. You mean Devil Prey. Devil okay. Prey, sorry. <laughs> you just it's not whiskey. said Devil Whiskey. Well, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You're right. You're correct. You are correct. Anyway. 